Welcome to Raw and Radiant, the podcast that ignites your spirit and empowers your soul. Are you ready to embark on a transformative journey? Here we give other women permission to embrace their truth, to find the courage to choose themselves first, because guess what? You are not alone. Join us in this massive journey of empowerment and courage. Together we'll illuminate your inner spark, empowering you to embrace the radiant light within and show you how magical you are. It's time to unleash your potential and make a difference in this world. Are you ready to step into the raw and radiant version of you? Hello, Raw and Radiant Tribe. I am back with another powerful episode with my friend, Heather Ross. She is a magical soul. She is an inspiration to women. I recently met her virtually about a year ago. As recording this in September of 2023, we met about a year ago virtually. I was on her podcast, Living With Your Child's Addiction, And it was an opportunity to bring forth into the space, into her space, into her community, breathwork and how powerful breathwork can be. Whatever journey, whatever challenge, whatever life situation has brought forth for you. But holding Heather in a space of breathwork and seeing her open up and seeing her rawness just gave me the desire to reach out to her, to have her on my show so that she can share with with you all, my community, just how she has been able to shift from life's changes, knowing that it is an ever-changing peeling back of the layers of the onion to evolve, to shift, and to grow through these challenges. So thank you so much, Heather, for being here. Thank you so much for coming into my community and to allow your story to be an inspiration, to be a permission slip for other women. So thank you. Please introduce yourself. Well, first, thank you for having me and for that wonderful introduction. And so my name is Heather Ross, and I'm a parent coach for parents who have a child struggling with any kind of substance use. And I got into that work because my own daughter struggled with substances. She was, you know, like one of those great kids, never had any problems, But when she got into her teen years, she started struggling with anxiety and depression and an eating disorder and self-harm, and then later using substances. So I felt like I was playing that game whack-a-mole trying to support her. And it was really a struggle to find help that aligned with my values as a mom. Now, at the time, I didn't really realize the help I was finding didn't align with my values. It it took me a long time to to put those words to it and have it explained to me that way. But I was finding a lot of the tough love stuff, like saying that I had to wait for her to hit rock bottom, that there was nothing that I could do, that pretty much everything, you know, I did to help her was enabling. And it just didn't feel right to me, but I was also so scared of causing more damage by helping her too much that I took a lot of advice that didn't sit right with my heart because I was coming from such a place of fear. Mm -hmm. And so it was really a very difficult journey that really affected my health and my relationship with her. And I came to this point where I realized, I, you know, my health was just for my hairs falling out. I got bronchitis. It wouldn't go away. It turned into pneumonia. And I realized, like, I have to start taking care of myself. Like, nothing that I'm doing here is working. My daughter, things are just getting worse with her. Things are getting worse with me. And my life feels completely out of control. And so I just decided to stop everything that I was doing, which felt terrifying mm-hmm. because it felt like I was giving up. But just something inside of me, maybe it was the first time I listened to my intuition in a really long time, told me that I needed a big change. And so I created, I left this empty space that could be filled in a different way. And that's when really the healing started. 
when I stopped trying to force all this change on my daughter and really started focusing on myself. And admittedly, I was doing it so that she would do it, right? I wanted to set the example for her. And I hope that that she would want to help herself because I was helping myself. And so as I started working on myself, my relationship with my daughter started to heal. And I started finding ways to support her. I found something called community reinforcement and family training. And that really is a... It's an evidence-based approach that helps you focus on taking care of yourself. And it's like certain ways of reinforcing behaviors that you want to see and allowing natural consequences. There's a lot more to that. We I can explain more of it yeah. later. But it was just a way to support her that was helped her to be feel seen and heard and understood by me for the first time. And as our relationship changed. I was going on my own journey, which we'll talk about more later, but she ended up getting into recovery for about 18 months and she had a reoccurrence of use and ended up passing away from a fentanyl overdose. Mm-hmm. And it's been about two years. It's been, it'll be two years in December now. And I'm forever grateful that I did the work on myself that I did because It seems like I'm living like the worst case scenario. But for me, the worst case scenario would have been had I not taken that opportunity to heal and to work on myself and continued to blame her and not focused more on family recovery and coming together. To me, that's the worst case scenario would have been if she had died and we hadn't had the chance to heal. So... In this horrible situation, I'm eternally grateful for the tools I found and the, I guess, my answer to the calling (laughs) to wake up to my own life because I say I was like asleep at the wheel of my life. And somewhere in that process, I changed my career. I used to be a corporate controller and I decided to work with parents and help them, you know, hopefully find parents sooner then I found help mm-hmm. so that they didn't have to struggle alone for so long. Mm. Oh, thank you for that introduction into your story and to a small bit of your life. And know that I can speak for all my listeners that we are holding you in so much love, so much support and see you walking this journey. And it's not easy. I have never been in your shoes only the fact that I am a mama so yeah just holding you on so much love through all the ups and downs that you had, you experienced so I really honor you Heather for taking care of you within this time because like you said if you hadn't where would you be now right and if you hadn't taken care of you and had some peace and some calm within you where would you be within your own awakening with your own journey at this moment and time two years later after she passed, after she transitioned. And that is such a powerful shift. And I really, really, really want to witness you in the strength and fortitude in that time when it was really hard to make that shift into not working and really releasing control It's very interesting to me that you were a controller. I say that in air quotes, your corporate controller, and that you chose to let go of the job to release the control because ultimately you knew that the answers were more profound than having that control. So just celebrating you on that. Yeah, thank you. It it was really hard to for me to quit the job because I was leaving, you know, I was very independent and self-sufficient you know and it was really hard to leave this the weekly paycheck and the and knowing exactly how much and in the insurance like we've got all these medical situations happening with my daughter and just but there was something inside of me telling me I had to leave and I really wanted to know I didn't know I was going to be a coach or anything at that point yet or what I wanted to do I had no desire 
to do anything other than to focus on myself and know like I just couldn't take it anymore. But I really wanted to know that I was going to be okay and what what I was going to end up doing when I left. Mm-hmm. And I finally just came to the realization that for whatever reason, I was not going to get those answers and I just needed to quit and then be patient and see where I was led. And I'm very grateful for that because it's, you know, being an accountant, like I like facts and I like things to add up. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I've lived in that side of my brain for so long. And that's how I lived all areas of my life was very analytically and factually and feelings were a nuisance. And so to make that switch into just my like listening to my intuition and taking making such a big change in my life. I'm so grateful for it, but I did it. I'm telling you, I was terrified when I did it. So I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I was just so brave and it was easy because it wasn't. I was terrified, but I was actually more scared of staying the same at that point than I was of changing. And that's what pushed me over the edge and helped me finally leave. That's so powerful what you just said. You were more fearful of staying the same that identity of being in the corporate world, that identity of being a a female that needs to bring in a certain amount of money for her worth to be shown. And in this time of this turmoil that your body and your mind is trying to keep you safe in, right? I'm going to say, I'm going to rephrase that where your body is keep, sorry, your mind is keeping you safe thinking potentially it's keeping you safe but all along you're listening to your intuition which is your body telling you something completely different that that intuition is so powerful and recognizing how scary it must have been to be patient to let go of that control to sit in that fear and that unknown and that is I mean, that's the permission permission slip that I want to give other women that whatever situation they're in, whatever story they're in, whether it's an emotionally abusive relationship or a physically abuse, abusive relationship and this addiction, whether it's with a child or whether it's with a spouse or a parent, knowing that sitting in that fear, that is raw, that is vulnerable, but there's also community that can support you. There's also women that can support you. And I know I can speak for you, Heather, like we're both here to hold that space for other people to walk this this journey together. So thank you for for acknowledging that it is fucking fearful. And yet the journey on the other side can be such a gift if you allow yourself to open up to that awakening. Thank you. If you would, if you could bring us to when... Like, I know you also, you offered a little bit of your story where you were doing so much of the control. What were you doing for yourself prior to that? I'm just going to call it that spiritual awakening, that intuition nudge that shifted you. What were you doing prior? And then what what brought you into more of listening to your intuition? Well, I wasn't doing very much. I had really, I wasn't even taking care of my most basic needs, right? Like I wasn't putting, I wasn't exercising anymore. I wasn't drinking enough water. I wasn't sleeping enough. I, You know, like none of those basic things were being taken care of because all I could do was think about my daughter and how I could help her. And then it was between that and working, right? Because at work, I could be really successful And at work, I always knew what I had to do and I understood how everything worked. And and whatever was happening at home, (laughs) I couldn't figure that out. And Mm -hmm. so I started working more. So I was totally abandoning myself during that time. I gained a bunch of weight and I was just generally feeling awful about myself in every way. The one thing that I was doing was I was going to counseling and I had a wonderful therapist who's more, I always said she's more like a life coach Mm. and she had a spiritual side and it was just through that. And initially I have to say I was like the worst patient ever. I would show up late. I would be distracted the whole time. I wasn't making myself a priority, but I was still going and she was 
patient with me, right? She didn't fire me for being a terrible patient. And she just held this unconditional space for me and allowed me to finally start to show up for myself. Mm. And that's when things really started to change. But it was it was somewhere in talking to her where she brought up my intuition and was I tuning into it? And that's kind of like what opened that door just a little bit and let a little bit of the light through. And then I started connecting with it more and more. And, you know, around that time is when I found coaching and I just went all in on, I joined a coaching program. I was doing Joe Dispenza's, that book, like how to break the habit of being yourself and doing the meditations and doing all the exercises. And I was doing energy healing. And so I went from one extreme to the other, just really trying to, in the beginning, I was driven by getting away from the pain, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? I wasn't moving towards feeling better, which is a completely different energy. I was running away from how bad I felt. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the work was really painful because it didn't always make me feel better, of course, because I didn't always like what I saw. And I was missing the self-compassion piece for how hard sometimes that work can be and kind of that like dark night of the soul that I was going through at that point, really seeing how much my desire to be numb and not feel my feelings had really actually caused me more pain in my life because I didn't have the guidance of my emotions to tell me what was okay with me and what wasn't. And so I just really was like went along with things that weren't okay with me in my life before that. And so I'm doing all this work and start really connecting to my body, like instead of just being in my mind all the time and working through everything intellectually, I started really connecting to my body, meditating, and getting to know myself for the first time in my life. And that really, that period of time really laid the groundwork to get me to where I am today, to to be able to get through that situation of the the immense grief and the pain of losing my daughter, like mm-hmm. all of that work that I did gave me the skills and the resilience to be able to get through that. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm I'm going to say I'm sure you still get to do that work too because it is like I say, this journey, our life is a journey of evolution and growth. So I'm sure each day is different for you and the feelings and the emotions come up in unexpected ways, you know, whether it's a smell or a sound or a song or whatever it is like that, that comes up. And with those tools that you have gifted yourself, and I call it the I choose me moments, those tools that you've gifted yourself has helped you move through that fear because the fear, the fear can be so paralyzing, but yet it can also be a catalyst to the growth too. Mm -hmm. And I have witnessed recently that there is such a false sense of safety in that fear like we can now spin in that fear like ooh, this feels safe being in this fear that's what I can pseudo control right so I'm just going to stay in this fear and through and I know Joe Dispenza's work so well because he speaks to the the firing and wiring together that we can change our habits we can change our thoughts we can change and shift our perspective by changing those neurons within our brain so that when that fear comes up, you can have that actual remembrance or that awareness, as you said, like that's such a beautiful word, that awareness come in and you can shift that fear. You can shift that thought. You can change how you perceive that smell or that taste or that that song or whatever it is. So thank you for that. And um And I'd like to just say that the work is never done. 
right? I'm still doing the work. I still, it's, but it's different now because I love doing the work and I love the results of the work and I choose things that I enjoy doing for my healing. So I'm moving towards enjoyment of those things rather than away from the pain that I'm in. And it's a completely different energy. So there are there will never be a moment where I feel like, oh, I've arrived. I'm done with my healing. <laughs> it's going to be a lifelong process, but yeah. I'm doing it in a way that I enjoy it. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that. Do you... Okay, so you were in a space when you were in the corporate world of having the control of working from, and I'm going to call it that masculine energy, that that side of us, our ego that says, go, 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 do, do, do. And we suppress the emotions. We shove them under the rug. Like I know in my family dynamics, that's what we did. We didn't talk about the emotions. We didn't talk about the fear. We didn't talk about the sadness. We just swept them under the rugs and, and ignored them. So take us to like a time you already brought us a moment where you're with your therapist and you talked about recognizing maybe a little bit of the cracking open of the intuition. Like where did you feel more of the intuition and what is that feeling like for you? Yeah, so exploring more with my therapist and, you know, was exploring this inner, this emptiness that I felt inside of me. And it felt to me like this loneliness. And it, I was experiencing that because Helena had moved out. She's my only child. And so now I'm like an, an empty nester and it happened so fast. It, it Everything just, you know, with her addiction it was like fast forward and now, like, suddenly our relationship is strained. She's moved out of the house. My whole identity has changed. And I'm feeling this emptiness inside of me that she had filled up for so long. And I started talking to her about that. And, you know, again, she's more spiritual. So she just started, like, getting me open to the idea of having guides or spirit animals or whatever it was. And so I started spending more time in nature and exploring what animals came to me, whatever it was. It, it turns out it, it was birds, all different kinds of birds. And so now I'm, like, watching all the birds everywhere all the time and have more feathers than you can imagine. They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> But that really is what started like that connection with nature and the universe and myself and the, you know, kind of the more spiritual connection that actually has made it, I want to say, easier for me to like know that while Helena physically is not here, energetically she is still here and I can still connect with her mm -hmm. and sometimes I even think about that the way like I had to learn a new way to be in relationship with her and connect with her when her addiction started mm -hmm. and I thought like okay I've done this before after she passed away I was like I can still have a connection with her it's not going to feel the way I want it to feel and but it's that same kind of challenge of, OK, I'm doing this on her terms again, figuring <laughs> out how to have a relationship with her in the way that she needs it. <laughs> I had it was like applying those skills to that. Again, I feel like the everything I've learned in the journey I've been on is like led me to be able to make it through this situation. Yeah. Yeah. So you're. I'm going to circle back to Joe Dispenza. You're rewiring the brain to have a different connection with her. So you're you're changing that physical connection into that spiritual connection. You're rewiring that thought pattern to be able to feel her, to be able to acknowledge that maybe there's a particular bird or maybe there's a bunch of birds that she comes and speaks to you. And like that's just giving me full body goosebumps. Potentially, maybe she's here with us right now, right? Guiding us in this space and and allowing us to use her as wisdom to to drop in information for the listeners to know that getting quiet, especially getting quiet in nature, is a huge, huge gift. Mm -hmm. It has been for me in my journey too, is just 
letting go of the control. Maybe getting quiet looks like five minutes in nature. Let go of the, 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 I am going to hate to say this right now, but let go of the podcast, let go of the earbuds, take five minutes, sit in nature, put your feet on the earth, listen to the birds, listen to the trees, feel the sun on your face, or maybe it's nighttime. And then that over time becomes more and more time that you're creating this quiet, calm peace within you to feel the emotions. I really, really strongly want to encourage that because as I lead breath work, I really encourage people to feel the emotions, to ride the waves. Sometimes it's tidal waves, but when you can feel the emotion, when you can feel what's coming in and, and then you allow it to go through, like you don't stay stuck and stagnant on it, right? So that awareness that you create by sitting silent in nature is the gift to feel the emotions. Yeah, and we have so much information within us. Like we're always looking outside of us for answers. You know, for me, I wanted somebody to tell me what to do with Helena, you know, and in all these different situations in my life, I was always looking outside of myself for answers. I was never turning inward. Mm -hmm. And I find the best answers when I'm just silent and listening to my own wisdom. And that always gives me also the most peace. You know, a lot of times we're looking for peace or sense of safety or security or reassurance from outside of ourselves. And it never it never is long lasting when we get it that way. Mm -hmm. Right. That we just need more and more and more of whatever that source is that we're looking to to give us that sense of security. But when it comes from ourselves, like we're in control of it, we can access it anytime we need that extra reassurance. So that time in nature for me is like you said, I'm like, I don't listen to music or anything. I really tune into myself. And that's like where my creativity comes up. If I want an answer to something, I'll just think of it while I'm walking. And that's where, you know, that that information comes in. Like it, it comes from me or the universe or whatever, but I'm, that's how you tap into it. That's how how you really even get to know yourself and especially what you mentioned about feelings. Like I, I said it a little bit earlier, but the more I feel my emotions, like physically feel them and understand what they're trying to tell me, the more I realized, realized how much I missed out on as far as like knowing myself and what mattered to me and what I wanted and what was and wasn't okay with me. And there's a lot of like painful things that happened in my life because I allowed them because I was shutting down my emotions mm -hmm. and numbing them. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I felt my emotions, those things were no longer okay with me. Yeah, They were absolutely not okay with me. And I was able to say it and make big changes in my life based on that. <laughs> and it's interesting that like, not feeling feelings actually causes more pain. Right. For yeah. sure it does. And that, I mean, that's a whole shift in our society too, is to give yourself that validation to feel the feelings. And like real strong caveat here, like this work isn't easy, but it's so fucking worth it. Right. It is so worth it. And and I want to say too, Heather, that I'm I, I'm just going to call forward that I'm sure there's days you just want to numb out still. You want to avoid, you want to suppress, and there's nothing wrong with allowing yourself some space to do that because it's when we can shut down the brain, when we can shut down that control of the ego mind. There's nothing wrong with the ego mind either. Like I'm not not harping on it, but yet it also has a tendency to spin in the swirl of the shit that if we can just take a few moments to to shut down or to turn off that allows us that more clarity so just just that permission slip too that if you if a person needs to let's watch a couple shows on Netflix that's okay let's watch a movie on Netflix that's okay you know but then have that awareness like all right, it's time to do the work. It's time to sit with these feelings. And most generally that fear comes up with 
with not being in control? And is it an opportunity for you to go back and to reparent that little person or the adult person within you that they are safe, that they are seen, that they are validated, that you did the best that you could with your human experience, with knowing what you knew at that time, right? Yeah. So now, though, when I numb, it's intentional. It's not unconscious like it was before, mm-hmm. where before it was just my state of being. Now I actually feel uncomfortable when I am numb. Like I want to feel mm-hmm. it's important to me. And but then I'm also intentional with today's a really hard day. It doesn't matter how many times I meditate or journal or whatever else I do, it's just going to be a hard day. And what do I need to get through this day? And maybe to get through this day, I need to watch Netflix or watch YouTube shorts while I'm doing laundry. Specifically, that's what I do sometimes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Uh I need a little bit of distraction throughout that day. I'm not afraid to spend time in the emotions. I give them time to rise up and process. But if it's one of those days where it's just sticking around all day, then that's the kindest, most compassionate thing that I can do for myself because we can only handle so much sometimes. And it's, you know, been two years of some intense grief. So I'm okay with creating that space for myself to just make it through the day and be okay and do the next right thing. And if I've got a Sometimes, you know, even like I can get a lot of stuff done while I'm crying, right? Like I can grocery shop while I'm crying. I can work on the computer while I'm crying. Like I can still be productive and get to feel good about the day too. But it's really just listening to myself and what I need on that day. Yeah, Celebrating you, Heather, for having that awareness to do the laundry, to sit at the computer and cry or at the grocery store, to just allowing your physical being to have that 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 release however it looks like for that day i know for me it's like cleaning cleaning always feels really good once my external world is clean then i can take care of my internal world too with that so i had something come to me but i lost it yeah so give my listeners where the best like take them on a little visualization journey of where your favorite healing nature moment time space is. So someplace that I go to regularly. Mm-hmm. So the place that I walk every day definitely is. It's like this perfect path. That <laughs> it's a paved path, but it's there's woods on both sides. So I think just the that like driving there makes me feel better because it's the ritual of it. And the last, you know, since I moved to Florida, I've been here like four years. I've gone through, you know, I got divorced just before I moved here. Then like a year later, I had breast cancer. And a couple of months later, my daughter passed away. And through that whole time, I'm at that place walking every day. And well, COVID, everything had shut down. I found that place during COVID. Mm. And so like, that's just the place that I've gone to move my body and clear my mind and allow myself the space that whatever it is I need that day. And that place to me, like, I just feel better driving there every day. And it's like a second home. And I love having that, like when I don't know what else to do even, like I just go there. And it's always there for me to be able to connect and recharge and get even the smallest amount of comfort, whatever is available to me that day. It's doing it with intention. That's what is creating that peace within you and and your nervous system because it knows that this is a safe space for you to go and to observe and to witness and to shut shut the mind off like that is the intention that is the gift to the nervous system to be able to shift the perspective and to be able to feel the feels of whatever is is there in the moment and and not knowing that that's all valid so yeah that's beautiful like are you by water or are you just by the woods or 
Yeah, I do. I live in Florida, but there is no water near there. I'm like an hour and a half from the beach. So, mm. and I do love going to the beach, but the closeness of that place. And I mean, there's so many birds there. And I feel like every time I go, there's different flowers blooming. Mm. And, you know, I have my daughter's dog and she walks with me now every day. And I see familiar people there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just in the, there's this one part that's my favorite part where the trees are like a canopy, like where they come together over it. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes I'll just walk back and forth in just that part. But it's just a really beautiful place where I'm like in the city, but I feel like I'm in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such a gift right that right there to be able to have that just a little bit of space, that canopy. And I know what you're speaking of there in, in Florida, that those canopy of those trees that come over, it's so energetic. So bringing that into the space too, like you're shifting your energy, like you talked about before, you're shifting your energy and changing the perspective and and bringing awareness into the nervous system needing to be calmed down within those moments and doing it with intention. So bring us to where are you now in this journey? Where do you see yourself and how do you see yourself being of support for others? Well, I had to pull way back the first year and really like Active healing during that time was really just giving myself plenty of time and space and being in the present moment. Like it was too painful for me to go to the past or the future. So it was like this lesson in being really present in today because no matter how hard of a time you're going through, no matter how painful it is, the 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 most peace is available in the present moment. And I learned that during that first year. But during the second year, I've really focused on healing a lot of the trauma around what happened with my daughter, losing her so suddenly, and just having to, like, reimagine my future. Right, My future is not going to look anything at all like I expected it to. You know, a couple of years ago, I'm married. I've got kids, stepkids. Now I'm single. My daughter's passed away. And I'm like totally like I'm a teenager again or something. I have, you know, all this freedom to create this future for myself. And so I'm just letting that slowly unfold, not pushing myself to it's probably just been in the last couple of months that I've even really been able to focus on the future at all and trusting myself with that, being like gentle with myself and trusting that when the time is right, I'll be more open to it and I can follow that. But as far as helping others, I'm still working with parents, helping them through, you know, other parents whose kids are struggling with addiction. And I think it's such a it's a journey that can be filled with a lot of shame for parents because the, you know, we have a tendency to blame ourselves for everything to do with our kids. And so I think it helps them to work with somebody they know who isn't going to judge them and has been through all of it and understands what they're going through. And so, and, you know, I'm very lucky in the work that I do that my daughter's a part of it, right? All the lessons that I learned from my relationship with her will go on and help all these other families. Wow. And then it's the legacy that she gets to have, like the pain that we had and all the hard times that we went through are helping so many families. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, it's bringing other families back together. And she came on my podcast twice. Ironically, I ended the season with her and she passed away right after that. But she loved that we were using what we had been through to help other people. And I feel very, I always feel very just grateful to get to help people in this way or that people trust me. I'm like honored to be on this journey with them. Um, because I know what a vulnerable place it is to go through this. So, you know, that's my focus is really just helping as many families as I can, hopefully earlier in the process. You know, I love it when people find work like what I do 
early on when their child starts to struggle because they don't have to go through all that pain of stigma and things like tough love that really only just cause a lot more trauma and pain. And they can meet their kids where they're at and just love them for who they are and accept them and support them in that way without making things worse and hopefully find healing as a family sooner. Mm. Ooh, lady, I, mm, I recognize that in that journey, there can be so much loneliness and for that family, for that parent, so much loneliness. So what, what a gift that you said that you are able to hold that space for other families, for other parents going through that and bringing love and validation and support and compassion to all that pain within yourself and then for within other people and really recognizing too that like she still continues to guide you. Yeah, she still continues to guide you. Absolutely. Like I, you know, talk to her every day and, you know, ask her like, okay, what next? And I have done things in the last couple of years that I would have never put myself that far out of my comfort zone to reach more people. But I felt like, and I got the message pretty quickly after she passed away, like you, you know, you have to play bigger and help more people. And so, yeah, just keeping that connection with her helps keep me moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. The part that you brought forth about the present and that gift of being in the present allows you to hear her more and allows you to show up more and allows you to play bigger. Yeah. So being in that present moment and just simply to surrender and let it unfold and to trust that God, universe, divine spirit, whomever you believe in, has has your best interest. And it's just allowing that those quiet moments where you can just allow your intuition to guide you and just to sit with the intention of the silence and be in nature, which which offers me like, can you share maybe what your three biggest helpful tools are for you to cope and to sit with the fear that is or the uncomfortable that's happening? Well, one of the things that I learned is like being able to tolerate discomfort without reacting to it is a superpower. Mm -hmm. So just being able to sit with discomfort and not have to do anything to get rid of it. Like this is just this experience. I'm going to sit with this until I can take intentional action, right? Like that is something that honestly, <clears throat> the last time I talked to my daughter when she called me to tell me that she had had a reoccurrence of use, our very last conversation when I hung up with her, I got really angry because the fear crept in and I, that it turned into blame. This is all happening in my mind. And so instead of calling her or texting her and saying those things, I wrote about it. I sat with that discomfort. I knew all of those feelings while they came from what was happening in her life. They were still mine to manage. Mm -hmm. And I managed those feelings and came back to a place of love and how I wanted to show up for her. And I text her, which was our very last interaction, and said that I loved her and supported her. And this did not diminish all the hard work that she had done over the last 18 months. And that was our last interaction. And so my ability to sit with that discomfort, right, saved me from a lifetime of regret. Mm -hmm. But it serves you in any situation. So I think that that one is huge. That, and that is very huge. Yeah. Sitting with the don't be reactive, don't respond in a reaction versus pause and then respond. Yeah. And these feelings, they're just part of our humanness, these feelings. It's okay to have them. Nothing has gone wrong. Yeah. The other one is just being present and not 
going into the future, catastrophizing, not, you know, telling painful stories about it, just being in the present moment with what is happening with myself right now. And then I'd say that the third one would be, so when I do go into that place of the what ifs, right? Like, of course, my brain's always like, well, what if you had gone there that night when she called you? What if you this? What if, what if? I always, we always assume in these what if scenarios, it doesn't matter what they are, that if we had done something different, it would have turned out the way that we wanted it to. Yeah. But I always like, if I'm going to allow myself to indulge in the what if, then I also promise myself that I will also remember that it might not have. Yeah. And that I have to give equal airtime to the to the possibility that it wouldn't have turned out that any differently. Or maybe it would have even turned out worse. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have no way of knowing how things would turn out. So when I'm going through all those what if scenarios, first I limit them. Second, I always think about, well, it might not have gone the way I wanted it to that way either. Yeah. So I want to come back to the second one that you said as being present, being present in the moment and knowing that 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 is the gift. The present is the present. The presence is the present. And and that lets go of the expectation, right? That lets go of how you think it's going to the outcome is. And then number three, it's circling back to it's releasing that control, releasing that control of the what ifs. Like, like you said, it's not I don't have the magic ball and I don't know if I if the situation would have been different, would the outcome have been different? So thank you for sharing those. It's just allowing yourself to pause in the moment and to respond with grace. And then being in the present moment, that's the gift. And can we shift to the gratitude, like the gratitude of the 18 months that you spent with her, the 18 months of of being in that place that was beautiful together and then just releasing the control of the outcome because I mean that perception of the control that perception of the perfection of being perfect is a false perception right so yeah. the gratitude I have to say was hard for a while <laughs> yeah I, can't I mean I was that. pissed <laughs> yeah I bet. I'm not gonna lie that I was angry and resentful and just felt like I'd been robbed right? yeah I've been robbed. She'd been robbed. It wasn't fair. I just get my daughter back. And now she's taken away from me. Like it was, I couldn't find any gratitude in the situation. And I ended up like softening up to that by finding gratitude around the situation. Mm -hmm. So finding gratitude for the people that loved me and supported me through it, you know, things like that. I was able yeah. to find gratitude there and then move into now, of course, yeah, I'm so grateful for those 18 months with her. It's totally shifted my perspective. But even getting there, I have a daily group of gratitude practice, and I had before then, but I just had to allow myself to give it up for a little while. For sure, yeah. Any of these tools are able to be navigated what is useful in the time, too, and like really celebrating you, too, for reaching to a community for support because, yeah, those that anger and that that resentment, like that is valid. That is our human experience. And we're allowed to feel that anger and we're allowed to feel all those other feels, the uncomfortable feels. So thank you for bringing that forth to you. So uh, I just see you and know that you are so supported and your journey with your experience is such a powerful gift that you are sharing with everyone else, Heather, and knowing that Helena is guiding you and her legacy to help other people that is that is amazing that you are allowing that to be done for other people that is the true gift to the world that is the true i'm just going to say that again that is a true gift to the world you showing up vulnerable raw and authentic so thank you for that thank you i know from the bottom of my heart to listeners that you know are experiencing maybe something similar or something maybe not so similar, that it is you are a gift. Thank you. It doesn't matter what we're going through. Like all of these things can be applied to any situation and like don't compare. Yeah. Just because you didn't lose a child doesn't mean what you're going through isn't really hard. So like give yourself that grace and compassion too. that doesn't your experience matters, whatever it is. Yeah. Thank you for that.
Thank you for that validation. So I always ask all my guests on the show before we wrap up. First, I just want to thank you for being here. But the last question that I want to ask you, and it may be an uncomfortable question, but you have full gas pedal and brake to say yes or no. But if you could go back to a younger version of you, a younger Heather, what would you say to her and why? Mm, Wow, that's... Well, first, thank you for having me on here before I answer that question. Wow. Well, I would say that it's okay to feel. Because I think that if she had had permission to feel and had that guidance throughout her life, you know, she would have avoided a lot of pain. And yeah, I would have just given her permission to feel. What age would Heather be? pretty young. I'm going to have to say maybe seven. Yeah. 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 Let's just see her and send her some love. It's okay, Heather, to feel. Yeah. We love you. We love you, little Heather. We love you, Heather, of this moment in time. And thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. If anyone has any questions or would like to reach out to Heather for support, I'll have her Instagram, her email, and the show notes. And once again, thank you all for being here, for being, allowing me to be of service to you, allowing me to share any wisdom tips or or guidance that may support you, whether big or small. And I am so grateful for you all listening, being in this community with me. And if you would like, share, comment, do all the things, subscribe, and I will see you on the next journey. Thank you so much for um, being here, Heather, once again. And thank you all for listening. Until next time. Raw and Radiant is edited and produced by Media Unscripted, your one-stop shop for all things podcast production, management, and growth. You can find out more about them at mediaunscripted.com, especially for those of you looking to start, launch, or grow your own show. Thank you, beautiful soul, for joining me and having the courage to live raw and radiant. If this podcast has moved you and lit a spark within you, or if you know someone who could benefit from its transformative power, I encourage you to share it with them. You can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Your questions and ideas fuel this show's heartbeat. I want to hear what resonates with you, what topics you crave, and what burning questions you desire to have answered. Together, we create a safe space where women's stories empower and inspire us, reminding us that we're never alone in this journey. Giving back is effortless and immensely impactful. Please leave raw and radiant a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Your words have the power to ignite change and empower others to embrace their raw and radiance. Thank you for being an integral part of this transformative community. Your support means the world to me.